You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. Hello, and welcome to the Refresh Podcast, where we aim to take a deeper dive into our faith and extend the conversation beyond Sunday morning. I'm Jared Cunningham, worship coordinator for Citrus Church and host of the podcast. If you've been keeping up with Citrus, you know we are still continuing our From Anxiety to Peace series, and I have to say it has been pretty eye-opening. When we read the Bible, we obviously see what important figures like David and Paul were going through, but how often do we really understand it? Anxiety, at least as I've experienced it, feels like a modern problem that we have become more aware of in the last few years. We may not think the kings of Israel or even Jesus had to deal with anxiety. However, this series has shown that the Bible is more relatable than we think. Which leads me to the topic for this episode. Over the next few Refresh Podcast episodes, I want to take a look at an often overlooked book of the Bible and see how we can relate to it. But before I get to that, I felt it was important to not only introduce the person who is believed to have written the book, but talk about another cause or trigger for anxiety. There's various forms of this trigger, but it all stems from this feeling that we're not doing something right. And I would assume the most relatable cause of this anxiety is this feeling that we're not living our lives right. So I'm going to take us on a little bit of a journey in the next few minutes. So bear with me. And what better place to start than with music and not just any music. We're going all the way back to the summer of 2001 to the initial release of John Mayer's Room for Squares album. Now, on this album, there is a song entitled Why Georgia, track two to be exact. Sorry, music nerd. At the time of writing this particular song, John Mayer had dropped out of the Berklee College of Music and moved to the Atlanta area in an attempt to pursue a music career. It is here Mayer begins to question his decisions and if he's doing the right thing, leading to the writing of Why Georgia Why and the title of this episode. He sings things like, I wonder sometimes about the outcome of a still verdictless life and don't believe me when I say I've got it down. And through the song, he repeatedly asks, am I living it right? Seven Grammy Awards and endless touring schedules later, though we can't argue about how he lives his life because we have our own lives to worry about. I think we can say moving to Georgia wasn't a bad call. However, quarter-life crises and verdictless lives aside, what about someone who seemingly has it all together? Someone who is so wise, there should be no question on whether they live their life right or not. I'd like to introduce you to Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, and the author of a large percentage of the Proverbs, some of the Psalms, and a few other books of the Bible. Though some of us may be familiar with Solomon, I'll still give some brief background on him. Solomon's story actually begins before he was born, in 2 Samuel 11. I've covered this in a past episode, so the short version of this is, King David commits adultery with a woman named Bathsheba, and upon learning she is pregnant, has her husband Uriah killed in battle. And for his wrongdoings, he and Bathsheba's child dies. Later, David and Bathsheba have a second child, who is Solomon, and the Bible says the Lord loved him. Solomon's story then picks up in 1 Kings chapter 1, when Solomon's older stepbrother, Adonijah, try saying that five times fast, 
is trying to become king of Israel before David has passed away. Nathan the prophet and Bathsheba remind David of his word, acknowledging Solomon as the next king, and David has Solomon confirmed as king and anointed by the priest. After dealing with his stepbrother and David's remaining enemies, God appeared to Solomon in a dream and asked, What should I give you? Instead of riches or power over his enemies, Solomon asked for a receptive heart and to discern between good and evil. In other words, he asked for wisdom. His request pleased God, so he not only gave him wisdom, but riches and honor as well. Solomon's wisdom was known throughout the world, and he accumulated vast riches. He also designed and built the temple and palace of Jerusalem. In 1 Kings 4, the Bible says, God gave Solomon wisdom, very great insight and understanding, as vast as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of the east, greater than all of the wisdom in Egypt. Solomon spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs numbered 1,005. Emissaries of all people sent by every king on the earth who had heard of his wisdom came to listen to Solomon's wisdom. However, Kings goes on to show how Solomon also came up short and didn't live his life quite right. In short, Solomon began worshiping false idols and gods, which greatly angered God. The consequence for Solomon's idol worship was that the kingdom of Israel would be taken from him and split. But because of God's love in favor of David, he promised not to take the kingdom during Solomon's time. And he would leave the tribe of Judah to Solomon's family, also because of David. The Bible goes on to say that enemies raised up against Solomon, some from David's past and one from Solomon's own past. 1 Kings 11 does not say how these enemies caused problems for Solomon, but it says they were opponents of his. Solomon's story ends by saying he ruled over Israel for a total of 40 years, was buried in his father's city, and that his son Rehoboam became king. Now what stands out to me in Solomon's story is that even Solomon, who could have very well been the wisest person in history, fell short when it came to living his life right. Another way to put that is where John Mayer, and probably a lot of us for that matter, question if we're living our lives right, the Bible shows how even Solomon went astray. In Solomon's story, it can feel like there is no hope and no answers to our worries and anxiety because even the wisest man in history fell short. However, in the New Testament, both Paul and Peter reassure us there is indeed hope and grace for us. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, Paul says, Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all your requests to God in your prayer and petitions, along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. In 1 Peter 5, verse 6 through 7 as well, Peter says, Therefore, humble yourselves under God's power so that he may raise you up in the last day. Throw all your anxiety onto him because he cares about you. Though we have worries and anxiety and we question whether we're doing the right thing or living right, God invites us to bring our worries and concerns to him, assuring us that he is always there as our guide and our source of peace. To wrap things up, I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it useful in some way. Not only did I want to use this episode to talk about music, I also wanted to introduce Solomon because... Many presume that he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, which we'll be diving into over the next few episodes. In one of the earlier refreshed podcast episodes, I quoted some verses from Ecclesiastes, and 
ever since I've always wanted to go back and dive deeper in, now feels like the right time. So that will be coming up in the next couple of episodes. In the meantime, you can keep up to date with Citrus Church by following us on Facebook or Instagram and by joining the Citrus Church Grove Facebook group. It's a great way to connect and interact with fellow church members. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.